of String Quartet No. 9 by composer Ben Johnston, who is perhaps best known for using microtonal or just intonation in his works. We heard the Kepler Quartet, a wonderful string quartet that was actually founded with the mission of recording all ten of the quartets of Ben Johnston. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Today is one of our recurring features, Composer Spotlight, and I'm shining the spotlight on Ben Johnston. As I said, he's a composer who's best known for using just intonation, continuing the works of his mentor, Harry Parch. But unlike Parch, who designed and built his own instruments that could handle just intonation, Johnston wanted to write for traditional instruments, and so he spent a lot of time deciding how he was going to do this. How will he notate these sounds that are out of tune, so to speak, in our equal temperament system for these instruments that are not designed to play like this? Which brings me to just intonation. What is it exactly? Well, it's a different way of subdividing the audible spectrum of sound. Most of the music that we hear is in so-called equal temperament tuning. And if I can just use a color analogy, I think that equal temperament tuning is really more absolute. There's one color, red. But with just intonation, you get an infinite variety of shades of red or green or purple or any of the colors that the composer decides before he writes the piece. And this is one of the wonderfully attractive things about just intonation to composers like Ben Johnston. We're definitely going to hear that in the piece I'm about to play, String Quartet Number 3. We don't have time to play the entire piece. It's in one movement, but we'll play as much as we can. Music of Ben Johnston, performed by the Kepler Quartet.
That's music by Ben Johnston. We heard an excerpt of his string quartet number three, meant to be played all in one movement. Great performance by the Kepler Quartet. Again, as I said, they've embarked on this incredible journey to record all 10 of Ben Johnston's quartets. This has never been done before. There are a lot of exciting quartets out there, a lot of wonderful players, and yet nobody has ever before recorded all 10 of the quartets. It's partly because the music is incredibly difficult, it's very, very virtuosic to play, but it's also because the quartet has to really immerse themselves in these alternate tunings and really learn exactly how far above or below any given pitch they're meant to go to correspond with the tuning that the composer has chosen. And it's also very difficult in a fast tempo. I want to stress that as well. It's very unusual that microtonal music is in a fast tempo. More often, it's this lovely, slow, out-of-tune, dissonant music. But here, we're getting rhythmic, driving music that I think is very, very difficult. And so kudos to the Kepler Quartet for these wonderful recordings, and I can't wait until they finish this project. Let's turn now to the Sonata for Microtonal Piano. This was composed between 1960 and 1964, and here he's using a 19-note scale. So again, a lot of sounds that are going to be out of tune to our ears, so accustomed to a 12-note chromatic scale. We're going to hear two movements, alarum and then blues. Robert Miller is the pianist.
soon as that piece starts, I think you can tell that we're in a different sound universe. This is not the sound universe that most of us in the Western Hemisphere are accustomed to, which again is the equal temperament tuning system. Here we have a 19-note tuning system devised by Ben Johnston, again, an absolute pioneer in this field of just intonation. And what a wonderful performance by the pianist Robert Miller and some unsung hero, the person who had to tune the piano to that system. We hear two movements from the Sonata for Microtonal Piano by Ben Johnston, Alarum and Blues. Let's return to the string quartets of Ben Johnston. These are definitely the pillars of his compositional output, and I don't think that's an accident. If you think about a composer like Johnston, who's decided to take alternate tunings and bring them to traditional instruments, who better in many ways than the quartet? First of all, string quartets are famous for their willingness to dive into difficult music, to put in long hours rehearsing, and to really learn these new techniques. But the instruments themselves are also well-suited to alternate tunings because none of the four instruments in a string quartet is fretted. And so it's no accident that the ten string quartets are these huge pillars in Johnston's compositional career. We're going to hear string quartet number four, which is perhaps Johnston's best-known piece because it was championed by the Kronos Quartet. This is all in one movement, inspired by the folk tune Amazing Grace. But, of course, we are in just intonation, so this is not going to be the Amazing Grace that you know. It's going to sound a little bit different. Here is the Kepler Quartet to perform String Quartet Number 4 by Ben Johnston.
Such an interesting effect in that piece. When we hear this song that all of us know, we have all known that song since early childhood, Amazing Grace, but here it's not reharmonized. It's actually being performed in a completely different tuning system, just intonation. And so many of those intervals still work out. The fourths and the fifths are still, those are mathematically pure intervals. And so those are still working in just intonation. But some of the other intervals are not quite the way that we're used to hearing them. And the effect is very surreal, I think. Also, though, for me, very, very beautiful. That's a string quartet number four, which is essentially a long microtonal arrangement of Amazing Grace. Music by Ben Johnston, perhaps his best-known composition. We heard the Kepler Quartet, again, working their way through all ten string quartets by Ben Johnston. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today is composer spotlight, Ben Johnston, talking about this modern master and a pioneer in the use of just intonation. For streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, and to subscribe to our podcast, you can visit RelevantTones.com. On today's Relevant Tones, I'm shining a spotlight on the music of composer Ben Johnston. This is a recurring feature called Composer Spotlight, and I think that Ben Johnston, although not exactly a household name, absolutely deserves the attention. In fact, the American critic John Rockwall said in 1990 that Johnston is one of the best non-famous composers this country has to offer. And then a few years later, a music critic in the L.A. Times said he's one of our best non-famous composers, kind of tweaking that comment by John Rockwell. Well, I think that that Kepler Quartet project, recording the 10 quartets, and perhaps in a small way, this show too will help to put Ben Johnston on the map and bring his music to a wider audience. I'm going to feature now a really interesting project called The Tavern. This was a collaboration between Johnston and the guitarist, John Schneider, who, as we'll hear, will also be singing. 
One of the great things about the recording of this piece is that it also includes an interview between composer and performer where they talk about the genesis of the piece and writing microtonal music for the guitar. So that'd be fun to feature an excerpt of that interview. Here then is a little bit of Ben Johnston talking to John Schneider. So Ben, the subject is the tavern. How did it all start with you? Well, it started with learning from you that you had a new kind of guitar that had removable fretboards and how they were made and what the possibilities were. And my first interest in that was the possibility of guitar being all of a sudden available to retune. I know that I offered you any notes you wanted just so you would be relaxed and let your imagination go. How did you choose the notes that you wanted? Or did the project come to your mind first? Did the text come to your mind first? Well, I had to think what kind of piece I wanted to write, you know, um, because of course it matters what you do as far as tuning is concerned. You know, this whole extended just intonation idea is that we actually have an infinite choice, literally infinite, many times over infinite. So I felt that there was a great deal of possibility there for my kind of music. That was the first thought. The second thought was, what am I really interested in writing at this point? And one of the big interests that I had right at that time was reading uh, Coleman Barks' translations of Rumi, uh, the poet. And I was quite taken with the poetry and even more taken with the way in which Coleman Barks had translated it into English. That's an excerpt of a conversation between Ben Johnston, the composer of the music we're about to hear, and the performer, John Schneider. Let's have a listen to some excerpts from The Tavern. The text comes from the famous Sufi mystic poet, Rumi. We're going to hear Prelude, and then The Many Wines, and then finally The New Rule. Here is John Schneider to sing and play the microtonal guitar. Has made sleep so that it erases every thought 
God made Maj non love so much that just her dog would cause confusion in him. There are thousands of wines that can take over our minds. Don't think all ecstasies are the same. Jesus was lost in his love for God. His donkey was drunk with barley. Drink from the presence of saints, not from those other jars. Every object, every being is a jar full of delight. Be a connoisseur and taste with caution. Any wine can get you high. Judge like a king and choose the purest. The ones unadulterated with fear or some urgency about what's needed. Drink the wine that moves you as a camel moves when it's been untied and is just ambling about. It's the old rule that drunks have to argue and get into fights. The lover is just as bad. He falls into a hole, but down in that hole he finds something shining worth more than any amount of money or power. Last night the As a sign to start singing, falling up into the bowl of sky. The bowl breaks, everywhere is falling, everywhere, nothing left to do. Here's the new moon, break the wine glass, and fall toward the glass blower's breath.
this that is tormented and very tired, tortured with restraints like a madman, this heart. Still you keep breaking the shell to get the taste of its kernel. Three Movements from the Tavern by Ben Johnston. I love that whole piece. It's so wonderful. I really like the guitar writing there. There's some very traditional things going on. He's strumming the guitar. Of course, I'm not talking about the harmonics that we heard at the end. But in the other two pieces, he's doing a lot of strumming, a lot of things that we associate with the guitar. The only thing that's perhaps a little unusual is, of course, the tuning, which is such a hallmark of Ben Johnston's writing, this great pioneer of microtonal music. The text was by Rumi, and the pieces, again, were Prelude, The Many Wines, and the new rule. Our performer, singing and playing the microtonally tuned guitar, was John Schneider. I'm playing music today of Ben Johnston on the program. Of course, he's known for microtonal writing, and we're definitely hearing that in the pieces, but I think there's so much more to his music than just that. Such inventiveness in his melodic writing, very rhythmic writing, as I've said, and the harmonies that he comes up with are fantastic, too. This is music that is highly compelling, and the tuning structure is almost not even as important as its communicative power to the listener. Let's turn to a relatively late piece that he wrote in the 80s. This is a trio for clarinet, violin, and cello. A perfect example of his fast rhythmic writing. There's even a lot of counterpoint between the instruments, which is not something you would expect in microtonal writing. Let's have a listen. This is Music Amici performing Trio by Ben Johnston.
It's music by Ben Johnston, who I'm featuring on the program today. We heard Trio, scored for clarinet, violin, and cello, and performed by Music Amici. I think, again, a great example of Johnston's voice as a composer. Inventive, rhythmically compelling, melodic, so many things going on in that piece. Sounds very different than his mentors. He studied with Harry Parch for a while. He was with Darius Mio and with John Cage over a summer in New York City. Definitely absorbing those influences, but going in a completely different direction, forming a sound world all his own. I'm going to turn to another large-scale project that Ben Johnston did, much like the tavern. But here we find Johnston setting the words of the notorious Calamity Jane. Anybody listening to the program who's a fan of HBO's Deadwood knows Calamity Jane as a sometime traveling partner of Wild Bill Hickok and apparently quite a force of nature. The text here is a letter from Calamity Jane to her daughter. We're going to hear an excerpt of this piece. Again, the music is by Ben Johnston. It'll be sung by Dora Orenstein, soprano, and we're also going to hear Mary Rowell, violin, Philip Bush, synthesizer, and Bill Rule, drum set. Here's an excerpt from Calamity Jane. Janie, a letter from your daddy Jim came today. And another picture of you. Your birthday is this month. You are seven years old. I like this picture of you. Your eyes and forehead are like your father. Lower jaw, mouth and hair like me. Your expression in your blue eyes With their long black eyelashes Are exactly like your father's Your picture brought back
trip to Abilene. We met Reverend Sipes and Reverend Warren, and we were married. There will be lots of folks down the foot. I will leave you plenty of proof that we were. You were not a woods cult, Jamie. Don't let any of these pus got you. No woods ever get by with that light. Terrible heartbreaking days in you. 
Microtonal music could be so diverse and so fun. That's a theater piece by Ben Johnston called Calamity Jane. And here is a letter from Calamity Jane to her daughter, 
We heard wonderful singing by Dora Orenstein, who's also part of the Philip Glass Ensemble, but here is Shining on her own. She was performing with Mary Rowell violin, Philip Bush, that wonderful synthesizer part, and Bill Rule, drum set. Calamity Jane by Ben Johnston, perfect example of the diversity of this composer. I'm going to end the program today by returning to the quartets. Again, this great pillar of Ben Johnston's compositional output. We're going to turn to a quartet written in 1995. This is the most recent of the quartets, string quartet number 10. We're going to hear movement three, which is marked deliberate but as fast as possible. Let's have a listen again to the Kepler Quartet performing the music of Ben Johnston. Music from Ben Johnston from his string quartet number 10. We heard that wonderful piece, such restless energy in that movement, the movement number three. And again, the performers were the Kepler Quartet, who have embarked on this incredible project, very, very ambitious project to record all 10 of the Ben Johnston quartets. The seventh quartet is widely considered to be nearly unplayable. So I'm especially curious to see that one come out. They've got two discs out so far with a third one that should contain quartet number seven coming soon. So look for that great project by the Kepler Quartet, and hopefully we'll continue to shine a spotlight as we're doing today on Ben Johnston. 
You know, I'm getting so many CDs in the mail from composers and performers, and they're interested in just intonation. They're interested in alternate tunings and microtonal techniques. And I just don't think it's an exaggeration at all to say that they all owe a huge debt to this great pioneer of alternate tunings, Ben Johnston. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Rory Hartong-Redden. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, and for more information about the program and the artists we've featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.